0: Welcome to the New Life Philly podcast. We pray that you will be encouraged and challenged today as we continue in our study. Let's join in now. Amen, amen. What a wonder to share on Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, the celebration of an empty grave. That's right, amen. An empty grave. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Um, today, as we... Celebrate resurrection. One thing that resurrection means, I hope you get this before we're done today, is that resurrection means that things will never be the same again. Never the same. Let me tell you a story. When I was nine years old, my family moved for the fourth time in three years. And so we moved from Gulfport, Mississippi to Oneida, New York. And when we made that move, I, I was used to moving. That's what we do anyway. That's what we've been doing. So different trees, uh, different people. Some things are different, but I'm used to moving. No big deal. Same old, same old. And it was that way for a while. Even my teacher had a southern accent, so I'm cool with that. But when, when I really began to know something's different, Is when I got into my third grade classroom and my classmates started asking me this question, they would say, hey, Larry, talk. (laughs) And being a bright young man and wondering why people that don't really know me want me to talk, I asked the question, why do y'all want me to talk? And as people giggled like you just did and and laughed and all that, I realize now this move is different. <laughs> I'm in a different place. I passed from one realm, the deep south, to another realm. I, I knew that everything had changed and things would not be the same anymore. Today, we're looking at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I want you to see this. Not only does the resurrection catapult Jesus into a whole new realm. But if you can see it today, it catapults you into a whole new realm as well. Everything has changed. Life will never be the same again. With that, let's look at the scripture today. If you can stand with me and we're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that great chapter on resurrection first corinthians 15 we'll start our reading at verse 50 let's read it aloud together i declare to you brothers and sisters that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god neither the perishable inherit the imperishable listen i tell you a mystery We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 My title today is this Resurrection Changes Everything. Let me pray. Father, I pray in these coming minutes that you, by your spirit, would speak to every heart in this room, everyone watching. And Lord God, that we would know a hope a sure hope that is in you and you alone. Do your work in these moments, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Our God is so good. Resurrection changes everything. Here's what I really want you to get today. What does it change? Jesus' resurrection forever destroys every enemy of goodness. Every enemy of goodness is destroyed through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord, even death itself. No more hold. Oh, grave, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? It's gone in Jesus Christ. So what are some of those things that resurrection destroys? Resurrection destroys pain and frustration. No more, no more. Resurrection destroys lack. We live in a world competing for resources. No more in resurrection life. It destroys anger and bitterness and resentment. Grief, abuse and unkindness are gone. They're banished away in resurrection life. Division, hate, racism, injustice is gone. Envy, pride, and fear cannot stand up against resurrection life in Jesus. Resurrection destroys guilt. Resurrection demolishes shame. No more shame. You will be free. Completely free. Eternally free in Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation put it this way. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Behold, new things have come. Amen. Resurrection life in Jesus Christ changes everything. Well, Well, here's the question of the day. How does resurrection Jesus' resurrection destroy all of these things. I'm glad you asked that question because the scriptures give us some answers today. The first answer is this. Oh, you got to get this today, brothers and sisters. Jesus' resurrection guarantees your resurrection. If you grasp onto him, it guarantees that all the benefits I'm getting ahead of myself that Jesus gets will go to you as well. Jesus' resurrection guarantees your own. The the, the Holy Spirit put it this way through Paul. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. And then Paul says this, for the trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. Everyone that's died in faith will be raised with an imperishable body. Resurrection, sisters and brothers, means that your end is not your end. Your end is not your end. It ain't over if I can use some bad English it ain't over even when it is over because when it's over Jesus says that over is now overcome by his overness and he is Lord over all amen 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 and Jesus in resurrection brings us to a brand new realm a brand new realm where justice joy and Jesus are everywhere Amen. I don't know if you like this, but I, I want me some of this. Amen. Amen. Here's the thing. In Christ, you can know that you know that you know that you know that you know. That whatever happens in your life, it's not the end. It, it's not the final chapter. So the question is, how does Resurrection change how you live and how you approach your life. Knowing that you have the ultimate net in your life, no matter what the end is, it's still not the end. Let me tell you a story that uh, happened with me and my wife about 10 years ago in Malawi. It was our second trip to Malawi. And the pastor we're working with, Pastor Manda, brought us together with 17 chiefs from the area. It's something to get together with a whole bunch of chiefs. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm a little nervous right here with all these chiefs. And so we're with the chiefs. And at the beginning of the meeting, things are a little tight with those 17 chiefs. They're, they're feeling us out. And towards the beginning, I felt like they asked us something to test us. And they asked us if we would meet. There was a special meeting coming in a few days of a secret society called the Nyao. It was a society that people were afraid of. It was a society where your initiation rites come in the graveyard when you call down spirits on yourself. And when they transform, they put headdresses on. You can't see who they are. And people believe that they transform into these demonic forces and they have license to beat, to kill, to maim anyone around them. And they said, we invite you to go to now. <laughs> and my first thought was, oh, gosh. I'm not sure if I want to do that. Um, and and I, I, I gave the perfect Christian answer. We'll pray about that. <laughs> and so we went away. We we prayed and I, I felt that the Lord gave me an answer to the question because I didn't want to say no. Uh, and, and they would say, aha, I knew they're not about it, but I didn't want to say yes and put ourselves in a place because how many of you know that spiritual forces in heavenly places are real? And to put yourself there just on a dare to put yourself in the middle of that just uh, to, to as a cultural observer is dangerous. And so. I felt like the Lord spoke to me and I gave my answer back to Pastor Manda. I said, let them know we will go on one condition. That condition is that we're able to share the gospel. And I said, I know for 100 percent guarantee they're going to say no to that. I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Come on out. So we go out to this gathering of Niaw, it was like nothing we had seen in all our time in Africa. People were drunk, people were high, people were doing all kind of wild stuff. We'd never seen anything like it. There was a man, a tall man, usually in Africa. I'm a really tall dude in Africa, but there was a guy a bit taller than me with two machetes just covered in a headdress. And you you knew that you were walking into a place uh, of evil spiritual forces at work. But later in that time, we we gathered in a circle with leaders of Niau and began to share with them the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. One young lady who had been conscripted to be in Niau told us, I want to be a Christian. I want to go to church, but my chief won't let me. And we worked through that. We talked about that even with chiefs right there. All of a sudden, as we're sitting there, I know we got kids here. All heck broke loose. All over the place. People started running and screaming out for their lives. It was a wild scene. We were a little way from the main area at that point and we were seated in this circle with the leaders sharing the gospel. My wife began to squeeze my hands so hard that I thought three bones would break right away. And she, she, she sang to me, Wrap it up, baby. Wrap it up. She says that a lot to me. <laughs> I hope she doesn't have to say it today. But anyway, um, so so wrap it up, baby. But you know what? I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I knew that I knew that I knew <laughs> we're on here. We're here on mission from God. We really are. We are here by divine appointment. There is nothing to be afraid of. And, and, and the reality of resurrection lets you to know that there is nothing to be afraid of. Because even if I lose my life, I am just transferring into a greater life, a more expansive life to be to be alive is to be with Christ. But be, to be to die is to see him face to face. Resurrection, hope destroys all fear. Secondly, how does resurrection destroy every enemy of goodness? Because resurrection Is Resurrection life is eternal, it's imperishable, and it is glorious. Look at the scriptures with me again. It says, for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, oh, death, is your victory? Where, oh, death, is your sting? Did you catch that? I love that. Death is swallowed up in victory. Death becomes a lunchable. Amen? Death is a little snacky snack for the victory of the resurrected Christ and for those who are in him. Brothers and sisters, mortality always speaks of limitation. Everyone in this room knows something about limits. When you're young, you think you know a lot about limits because mom and dad say you got to go to bed by eight o'clock. Mom and dad tell you where you can go and not go. But let me tell you, kids that are here, when you get older, then you really know about limitations. Because you're saying, I'm going to stay up till 10 and watch such and such. And your body says, no, you're not. No, you're not. I'm going to do this. I'm going to play some ball. No, you're not, said my knee. (laughs) Amen. You really know limitation as you get older to be perishable means that you have a defined end. There's an expiration date. There's a time when it's over. It's a wrap. But God takes that which is perishable. (laughs) God takes mortality and he flips it on its head. I hope somebody will help me right now. He flips it on his head. Jesus' resurrection moved him into another realm. Jesus himself now has an imperishable body that can't be touched. And it does exactly the same thing for you and I. We move from mortality to immortality. We move from perishability to imperishability. Let, let me put it this way. God has fixed it so. He's fixed it in just such a way that, that like, like a caterpillar that, that comes out of its caterpillarliness. Amen. <laughs> Amen just like that caterpillar. You take off that old garment called the flesh. You take off that perishability, amen. And you put on, you put on something brand spanking new. And God is the one who dresses you. God dresses you. Now, Pastor Tim's not God. Let me make that clear. But God dresses you and puts a nice little pocket thing that matches your tie right in it. Amen, amen, amen. There's a metamorphosis that happens in resurrection, and here's what I want you to see. Resurrection takes you from earthbound limitations, living out your caterpillarliness, if I may, into a realm of freedom and flight that knows no limits. You're in Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus Christ. St. John, the revelator put it this way and I heard a loud voice, he said, from the throne saying, look, the dwelling place of God is now among people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. The old order of things has passed away. And then he says, he who was seated on the throne said this, I'm making everything new. Everything is new. We're in a glorious new realm. Let me just say this briefly. When we think about glorious things, what do we think about? Many times I think of a a majestic and beautiful mountain or a powerful waterfall. Some of you may think of space and the planets and the stars, the supernovas out there. What a wonder to look at God's creation. But we can't even begin to imagine the greatness of God's renewed creation. So what am I going to do? I'm going to ask you to imagine anyway. Amen. Imagine with me. Here's what I'm going to ask you to imagine, not Something in nature or in space, but I just want you to look around this room. Look around this room in the balcony, in the back, in the front, on each side. Look around this room. And if you look around this room, you will see the greatest glory of God's creation. Men, women and children. From every tribe, tongue and nation, different people gathered around the throne to worship the lamb. But but here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want you to see. Now, now you've got to imagine you can't just see it. Imagine the people that you're looking at now. They've taken off the old robe of mortality and perishability and they put on the new robe of resurrected glory. Amen. No more sin. No more pain. Perfect love for God and for one another 24-7. Nothing coming between them and the glory of God. And that is your destiny. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your body and soul metamorphosized. I don't know if that's a word, but it is now to be. A perfect reflection of God's love and grace. What a savior. So last question again, the same question again. How does Jesus' resurrection destroy every enemy of goodness? Here's, here's the final point. Through the finished work of Jesus Christ. He does it through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Verse 57, put it this way, but thanks be to God who, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Resurrection destroys every enemy of goodness. Someone say every enemy. Every enemy, every enemy through the finished work of Christ. It's his whole work. It's his perfect life tempted in every way as we are and yet without sin. It's his unceasing love. It is his sacrificial death and finally his triumph over death, hell and the grave. And Jesus finished work includes you in it by the work of the Holy Spirit. God begins this transforming work, this metamorphizing work in you simply by revealing his love to you that's perfectly seen in Jesus. Brothers and sisters, religion and philosophy have an endless number of questions. A lot of them are hard. We may never get them in this life. But the key to entering into resurrection life is one simple question. Here it is. That's the question. Do you believe that Jesus got up from the grave on the third day? Do you believe that when the women went in that tomb, it was empty? Do you believe that the One who was called by John, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, who was brutally beaten, brutalized on that cross. His life sapped out of him. But on the third day, he got up and he got up from the grave and it was empty. Amen. Do you believe that Jesus got up out of that grave on the third day? That's the one question. That's the one question. That's the key. And if he did, then everything changes. And God now says to you that you are in Christ when you put your faith and trust in him. That little phrase, in Christ, is used 164 times by Paul alone. And it's such a critical phrase. Here's why it's so important. When you are in Christ then every benefit that belongs to Christ by virtue of his perfect and sinless life now belongs to you. You have the key in Christ as one who's in him. Let me close with this illustration. Uh, Earlier this week, uh, I went and visited one of our members. Some of you know Alan Desenzo. He was so sad he couldn't be here today. I went with, with Greg Snow, we went and we saw Alan. Alan lives in a nursing home. He's going through a lot of difficult challenges. But during our little visit, we got him to talk about his favorite subject Jesus. Some of you know Alan. And before long, as he was talking about the cross, it was Thursday, we were getting ready for Good Friday. Alan was in tears talking about the reality that Jesus would be on that cross for him, that he would die for him. Alan said, I hated him. I didn't serve him. I didn't love him. I rejected him. But he died on the cross for me, even for me. He knew the power of the love of God. It wasn't nails. It was Jesus' love that kept him on that cross. But he also knew the reality of resurrection and life. Here's what I want you to see, brothers and sisters. God loves you. I hope you knew that when you walked into the door today. But what resurrection says to you and to me today is that not only does God love you, but in a world that has gone headlong into craziness, in a world of hatred and hopelessness and greed and racism and oppression, the God who loves you is also the God who has the power to actually do something about it. Jesus got up from the grave, the Bible says, with all power in his hands. The tomb is empty. Jesus is the unstoppable Savior. And here's the good news. If you are in him, you are unstoppable as well. So sisters and brothers, I'm going to get out of the way so we can worship him in just a second. But resurrection changes everything. There's no difficulty that you're going through that he will not overcome. There's no sin that won't be forgiven and expunged from the record as if it never happened. There's no broken thing that won't be fixed. And there is no sorrow that will not finally and forever be turned to joy. Rejoice people of God and stand with me to worship him. This is what resurrection says to you. The old has passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We hope that you've been blessed today by the preaching of God's word. Join us every week for fresh insights on the New Life Philly podcast. May the Lord richly bless you this week.